Isaiah chapter number 10, verse number 20, 27. <clears throat> this is a church that uh, is, is what we call it a word and spirit church. Now, somebody said, what is a word and spirit church? Well, it's a, it's a church that emphasizes the message of the word of faith. And, and then, but we don't stop there. We believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit in all the ways that he moves. I don't know if you can hear it, Brother Brian, but I got quite an echo up here. You might not can hear it back there. But um, God, Jesus said that after he sent his disciples out there at the end of the book of Mark, the very last verse, it said they went everywhere because he remember he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. They, they went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked with them uh, with signs following. How many of you know that we're not supposed to be just in church just teaching, preaching the Word and no move of the Holy Spirit? The signs and wonders are the moving and activity of the Holy Spirit. And we're open to that. Yes, we give time for the Holy Spirit. If He wants to do something, well, well, this is not my service. This is His service. And uh, we give place to that. And we've we've had some marvelous moves of God throughout the years, just, just tremendous. I mean, we've, we've had the glory cloud come in. I've, had, I've seen the glory cloud come in so thick. I'm thinking of one service where the glory cloud came in so thick that you could see it in the, in the atmosphere. In fact, that happened a number of times. People see it. They see it everywhere. And uh, God's presence came in like the glory cloud, like you see that in the Old Testament. You see that in the New Testament. And uh, we've seen uh, people healed and, and, and delivered and set free. We've seen demons come out. <laughs> Amen. Hey, uh, that's not really a popular church culture today, but it is in the Bible. Amen. Um, but, but we emphasize the teaching and preaching of the Word because He confirms the Word with signs. He doesn't confirm our ideas, our theories, our doctrines, the way we've got it figured out. He confirms the Word with signs following. Not, not our ideas, he confirms the word. Well, how does he do that? Now, here's one thing we need to understand. Isaiah 10, verse number 27. It shall be in, the, uh, in that day that the burden... Let me, let me change translations here. I've got to get to King James. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. Look at this. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Let's, let, let's all say that last statement out loud. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Say it two more times. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Once more. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. We say it this way sometimes. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. There, is, there are things that Satan tries to yoke people with. Now, what do you mean yoke? That just simply means a, 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 a bondage of some kind. And uh, notice he mentions here uh, his burden uh, and his yoke, and uh, the burden is the, the yoke or the bondage. And there's, there's, God's power is available to break bondages. Yes. Now, bondages are, are mentioned throughout the Bible. What is bondage? Well, like to Acts 10, 38, how God anointed. Notice here it mentions the anointing. Acts 10, 38 also mentions the anointing. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good. Now, what was he, what was he doing? He's going about doing good. Now, notice, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Notice that he calls sickness uh, satanic oppression. Uh, amen. That just simply means it's a yoke. It's not a blessing to teach us something. It's a bondage. It's a yoke of Satan. But thank God for the anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. The anointing will destroy whatever yoke Satan tries to put in our lives. He can try to put us in bondage in our minds, in our bodies, in our families, in our, in our finances, in, our, in many different areas of our lives, but there's anointing for every single one of them, and that anointing will destroy the yoke. Glory to God. And the yoke uh, will, will now actually you read the word in the Greek, excuse me, the, the Hebrew, the Old Testament in Hebrew, when it says here destroyed, destroyed. Uh, the word destroyed doesn't just mean, you know, broken off. It literally means to uh, just annihilate it into little wee bits of dust. <laughs> In other words, the devil can't put it back together again. Praise God. I mean, it's done. It's over. It's gone. Praise God. That doesn't mean the devil won't try to come back, but I'm telling you, he's got nothing that, that can defeat the anointing. Praise the Lord. So, so I want to uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about the anointing this morning. Remember, two serve, two, two Sundays ago, uh, we were at First Corinthians chapter number twelve. If you were here, let's go over there again. We were at First Corinthians chapter number twelve, verse number one. Um, it talks there about something that we need to understand. First <clears throat> Corinthians chapter number one. Verse number 12, excuse me, chapter number 12. Did I say chapter number 1? Chapter number 12, verse number 1. And it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. And then if you read the rest of this chapter, you'll find out, starting down in verse, <clears throat> verse number uh, seven, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, another diverse kinds of tongues, uh, or, or excuse me, discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these worketh that one and self same Spirit, dividing every man severally as he wills. And so um, he talks about Verse 1, things uh, concerning things, uh, spiritual things. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. And the Greek actually says spirituals, plural. It means things that pertain to the Holy Spirit. And then he lists these nine gifts of the Spirit. We call them gifts of the Spirit. And these are things that pertain to the Holy Spirit. There's, there's, the, there's three if you looked at them very carefully, which we won't do this morning, but we'll do that another time. But if you looked at them very carefully... <clears throat> there's nine total. They fall into three categories of three. There's three utterance gifts. That's tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. There's three revelation gifts. That's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. If you study these things, uh, we'll, we don't have the bookstore out this morning, but, but uh, we've got books on all these things. Then there's three power gifts, the gifts of uh, special faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. Uh, the three utterance gifts say something. The three re revelation gifts reveal something. And the three power gifts do something. I mean, whether you need revelation, whether you need something done, or you need something said, God's got you covered. 
Amen. It's available. So that's the, uh, what we call the nine gifts of the Spirit. We won't take time to get into that, but if you read on down through this chapter now, uh, and you get over there to around verse number, let's start, let's see here in verse number 27. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Praise God for the body of Christ. And God hath set some in the church, not everybody, but some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Now it never says anywhere that these are no longer set. Sometimes people say, well, that's all done away with. And all we have today is the, the pastor and the teacher or whatever. No, no, or the evangelist maybe. No, there's no scripture that says that. Amen. But God has set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. Uh, that, that's actually the evangelist's office. Helps governments. I believe the governments is the pastor's office. Diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Well, the obvious answer is no, because in verse number 20, uh, uh, verse number 20, uh, where is it there? God has set some. Verse number 28, God has set some. So no, not all are apostles. He's talking about ministry offices here. So when he said in verse 1, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning things that pertain to the Holy Spirit. The first thing he mentioned is the nine gifts of the Spirit, which can be manifest. Now, if you notice, go back to verse number, uh, what verse was that? We went down, we started in verse 7, we went down through verse number, uh, uh, verse 11 there. It says, all these worketh that one and self same Spirit, dividing to the ministry offices. No, to every man, to every man. Dividing to every man severally as he's... Any believer, any spiritual believer can have one of these gifts of the Spirit in manifestation or, or uh, come into manifestation to either help them or use them to minister to somebody else. Any believer can have those. But then when he gets over there in verse number 27, says, you are the body of Christ, members in particular, and then he begins to mention different ministry offices. He says, God has given some. So any believer can have the Holy Spirit move through one of these gifts of the Spirit, but not all are in what's called well, one of these ministry offices. Now, to get more clarity on that, go over to the book of Ephesians and look with me in the fifth chapter, uh, actually the, the fourth chapter, excuse me, the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Y'all, we're going to get somewhere this morning. We're going we're gonna to just do a little groundwork before we get there. But... Um, Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 4 and look at verse, well, verse, let's back up here. I always got to be careful back up and I'll get, end up in Genesis 1-1, you know. But <laughs> let's back up to verse number, verse number 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Now, right there, you don't know what those gifts are, particularly. It doesn't really say what they are, but in a moment, he'll say what they are. Now, that he ascended, what is it but that he descended first? He also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Now, this is talking about Jesus dying, going into hell. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now, get this. And he gave. Now, these are these gifts that he gave. You notice verse 9 and verse number Uh, 10 are in uh, parentheses. 
In other words, that's just some filler in there to help us understand some things. But verse number 7 and 8 says, He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And here's these gifts in verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Those are what we call the fivefold ministry offices. Now, these are things that pertain to the Holy Spirit because these ministry offices are not somebody that says, well, you know, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm going to have to choose a career. So, you know what I want to be? I want to be an apostle. Well, you don't pick your your career as an apostle. (laughs) Amen. You are called of God and anointed of God if you're you're going to stand in that office. If if, If God doesn't call you and doesn't anoint you, you're not. Amen. Yes, so he gave some. Notice this is, again, some, not everybody in the body of Christ. But he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Those are five-fold ministry offices. We call it the five-fold ministry. And what are they for? For the perfecting or the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, somebody said, well, some of these offices are done away with. Well, let me ask you a question. Have we all come into perfection yet? Have we all come into the unity of the faith? Have we all come to the full knowledge of the Son of God? No, no. He said these gifts are set until that happens. And there's one thing that keeps happening is new, baby, new, new Christian babies are new, always being born, so we always need to grow them up, you know. And so these five-fold ministry offices haven't been done away. They're, they're set in the church until all this happens. And to be honest, uh, until Jesus comes. Amen. Now, we, we, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and so forth and so on. Well, now, um, that's just a, a little bit of introduction here, what I want to share with you this morning. Notice he said he set some, not all. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, he said he doesn't want us ignorant about things that pertain to the Holy Spirit, right? Usually, if God says, I don't want people ignorant about something, it's because most people are. So we want to, how, what's the cure for this? It's some good Bible teaching along this line. So let's understand some things about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just for these five-fold ministry offices. Every man or woman who is born again receives the Holy Spirit inside within them. You don't have to be called to be a five-fold ministry office to have the Holy Spirit. Remember the Bible talks about uh, the Holy Spirit. In fact, 1 John 2, 27, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. 1 John 2, at least today. Tomorrow it'll be a different one, you know. <laughs> but 1 John 2, 27, the, the anointing that you have received of him. Now, he's not writing to apostles or preachers or teachers, but he's, he's writing to all believers. The anointing that you have received of him. Notice that, that anointing. Now, to, to understand the word anointing, what does the word anointing mean? All you got to do is go to several verses that describe it. It says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. The anointing is the Holy Ghost. That's the anointing. That's the power of God in a believer's life. And he said in 1 John 2, 27, the anointing. I'm going to go fast here this morning. I've got to get to something. The anointing that we've received of him abides in us. All believers have an anointing abiding within them. And you don't even have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to speak with other tongues to get the anointing within you. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's right. Sometimes people said, well, if you don't have tongues, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. If you're born again, you've got the Holy Ghost. Yes, Amen. Do. Living in you. Living in you. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. No, you're not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Every believer has the Holy Spirit within them. 
Now, notice the way I say that, within them. There's an anointing within, and then there's also an additional work of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon a believer. That's what Jesus meant whenever he said in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Upon you. There's a difference between the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. It's two separate works of the Holy Spirit. Believers should enter into all that God has for them. And the anointing upon believers is for, uh, uh, that's for all believers. All believers can be baptized in the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. Uh, I mean, it's a little like uh, the newspaper boy in the old days uh, the, after a big event would, uh, you know, happen in the, in, the, in the nation or something. We don't have that much. Newspapers are not that big of a thing today, but it used to be a big That's where everybody got their news. And so some big event would happen and the headlines are splashed all over the front page. He'd, he'd hold up the little boy out there selling newspapers. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, that's what I'm saying to the body of Christ. Extra, extra, read all about it. There's the anointing within, but there's the extra, extra. <laughs> we need to enter into all God has for us. And we don't have time to look at all that and why that's true, and I could show that to you from the Word. But, but uh, I just want to uh, keep on going with this. So there's the anointing within the believer. That's Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spoke he of the Spirit. Now, notice, not those who are baptized of the Holy Spirit, but those that believe on Him. Anybody that believes on Him has this living water springing up from within them. Out of His belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. That's, that's the Spirit within. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that anointing within you is to bless you and your life. Yes. He'll within there, He'll comfort you, He'll guide you, He'll teach you. Yes. Amen. He'll, he'll uh, give you uh, direction. He'll, uh, he'll guide you in prayer, guide you in life. Praise the Lord. I mean, I don't know about you, but without him, I'm, I'm kind of not that smart. <laughs> Amen. I, I'm just fessing up to it. Some of you won't, look, you won't look at me in the eyes and fess up to it. But without, <laughs> without the helper, I'm sometimes up. I'm like a, a kitten up a tree. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Thank God, though, I'm not without him. I got the greater one living on the inside of me. I'm telling you, sometimes he makes me look so smart. I look like a genius sometimes and don't know that I, right before that I was going, uh, I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> but he's a helper. I said, he's a helper. He'll help you. Praise be to God. I've had many times, I've gone into counseling sessions or business meetings or, or things I've, I needed to make decisions about, and I go in there and I say, Holy Ghost, you're going to have to help me because I don't have a clue what to do in there. And by the time the meeting's over, oh, I'm telling you what, God moved and something happened and they got their answers and they're getting out hankies and, they, and they're just thankful for how God helped them. And I walk out of there and say, and, and they, thought, they, they thought maybe I understood all that, knew all that, you know, I, just, I, just, I was just that smart. Didn't know that I walked out of the meeting and wrote it down for myself. I thought, that's pretty good. I, I'm just going to take advantage of that myself. I, I learned something myself in that meeting. <laughs> but that's just not for preachers. That's for all of us. Praise God. God will make you smart. Make you make good decisions. Hallelujah. You don't need any help making bad decisions. I don't need any help making bad decisions. I was doing just fine myself making bad decisions. I didn't need any help doing that. But I did need some help to start making some right decisions. And thank God he's my helper. And that's what every believer has. The anointing's in there to teach you. 
How many of you know he'll teach you all things? Well, I just can't get off of that right now. Go over there to 1 John. Go over to 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John 2 verse 27. You need to mark it in your Bible. Uh, the anointing. The anointing. Say it out loud. I got this anointing. The anointing that I've received of him abides in me. Yeah, he's in there. He's in there. You know, people, they're sometimes they're just saying, I don't know what to do. Whenever they just go a little, little deeper, 18 inches deeper, about 18 inches from here to here. Amen. And there's a helper. Just, just, and he's standing by in there just waiting for somebody to look to him. The anointing that you received of him abides in you. He hasn't left you. He's still there. Sometimes people say, I don't know where the Holy Ghost went. He didn't go anywhere. Anywhere. He's still right where he was. Remember what we were talking about two weeks ago? Stir him up. Stir up the gift of God. Praise the Lord. How do you stir him up? We were talking about with your mouth, singing praises and thanksgiving. You do that for a while and he'll start rising up within you. He'll start counseling you, giving you wisdom. But that anointing, he abides in you. You need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you. of all that. that doesn't mean it's wrong for a man to stand up and teach. It just simply means that the Holy Ghost, whenever a teaching is, is taking place, you'll know if it's truth or not. He'll, he'll guide you into all truth. Remember that? He'll let you know if something's not true. I've heard plenty of things preachers said that weren't true. The anointing in me said, that's not true. And I say, well, show it to me in the Word. And they show it to me in the Word. And I say, sure enough, it's not true. But the anointing that lives in you teaches you all things. Now, notice that. All things. Does all things mean all things? Maybe we should look up all and see if it really means all. Amen. All means all. We're revelating to this morning, aren't we? All things. He'll teach, you how to, he'll teach you how to have a better marriage. He'll teach you how to prosper financially. He'll teach you to, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had needed help in this, but I've needed help in this. He'll teach you to zip your lip. Just don't say anything right now. Because if you open your mouth right now, you're going to cause trouble. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and the Holy Ghost will be in there. Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Amen. He'll teach you how to, uh, he'll, he'll guide you right into health, right into long life. Praise God. He'll, make, he'll help you make right decisions. He'll teach you all things and his truth and not a lie. Now, why would he have to say the Holy Ghost in you, what he's witnessing with you about is the truth and not a lie? Because sometimes you'll, he'll, he'll rise up in you and, and pass information onto your mind about something, and you'll go, oh, my, I don't know. I, that can't be true. I've had him do that to me, and I think, oh, my goodness, I, that can't be true. Sure enough, it was. Because he's trying to tell us, don't, don't, don't call the Holy Ghost a liar. He'll teach you right in here. He'll let you know some things. Anyway, so he's the truth and not a lie. And uh, you, even by uh, listening to him, he'll, you'll abide in him. Hallelujah. You want to abide in him? Remember, abide in me and I in you? Well, just keep following the Holy Ghost as he teaches you down on the inside. Well, praise the Lord. So every believer has that. Now, but we want to keep on going here. Notice then we've also got these ministry offices. Well, then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's for every believer. And we don't have time to get into that because I've already used a lot of time. But, 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 but God wants me to get to something here. These ministry offices are not anointed because, remember, we saw that the anointing is on them just as well as the anointing's in us or on us. But, but there's an anointing 
for these fivefold ministry offices that's not on any believer, even if they are baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's another extra, extra read all about it. Amen. And so there's the anointing within the believer. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And his spirit dwells in you, the Bible says. So that's anointing in you. And he's in there to guide you, to help you, to minister to you. And then there's the anointing upon the believer to make them uh, powerful witnesses to others. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses. Praise God. And that part of that witness can be one of those nine gifts of the Spirit in manifestation. I've had that happen to be a witness to people. Jesus used it that at, the gar- at, the, uh, at the well whenever that woman came to the well, you remember? And, uh, and uh, she wanted somebody to draw. And, and Jesus said, well, I- I'm the living water. Remember that? And uh, he began to minister to her. And he, she, she didn't know who he was. But he said, uh, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. She, he said, you're right. You had five and the one you have is not your husband now. She says, whoa, that's a revelation gift. He didn't know her from Adam. But a revelation gave God her attention. Yes, and before you know it, she's saying, you're the Messiah. Yes, he used those God. gifts of the Spirit to yes. be a witness to her. Yes. And that can work for you. Absolutely. Amen. We've been on airplanes before where I'm thinking of a time, uh, uh, someone's ears. That, you, know, you ever been on an airplane and weren't pressurizing it right and your ears just really start hurting or something? And we were on one of those planes one day and this person beside, I, I was sitting here, my wife was sitting here, and then there was another person beside her. And this person was almost agonizing in pain. And my wife said, uh, let me minister to you. And the power of God flowed into them and their ears just, just freed up. Yeah. Boy, that'll get you their attention, you know. That's called being a witness. Yes. Anyway, so that's for every believer. But these fivefold ministry offices is even something extra. Extra, extra, read all about it. I don't know about you, but I want all the Holy Ghost. Wherever I find him, I want him. So these are some that are set in in the ministry offices. Now, uh, we know there's five different ones of these ministry offices from Ephesians chapter number 5. And whoever God calls one of these offices, he equips with certain anointing. I'm I'm getting somewhere here. Y'all still with me, right? He equips them with a particular anointing. Now, when he anoints these five-fold ministry offices, he doesn't have that particular person in mind. When he anoints them, he has someone else in mind. He's anointing them to to minister. There's something on their lives to minister to the body of Christ. Does that make any sense? Because uh, uh, that, that particular anointing is for them to serve, for the, something is supposed to uh, flow through them to minister to others. Hallelujah. Um, and so when these men or women are anointed of God, because God uses women just like he uses men. These men or women are anointed of God. He anointed them for a flow of the Spirit to work through them to bless the others in the body of Christ. Now, in the new covenant, every believer has the Holy Ghost. You understand? Living on the inside of them. And they don't need to look externally for God because God lives on the inside of them. We, are all, uh, we all are born again and have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't also, everybody say also, Minister to his people through others who have the anointing on them. Yes. Right. Amen. 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 
It's a very important point that I want you to hear this morning. Because uh, he still anoints men and sends them out to minister. And the, the anointing on them is to bless others. Someone is anointed to help you in the body of Christ. Someone has an anointing to bless your life. I know for me in my life, I would not be where I am in my life if it wasn't for the anointing on others in the body of Christ. Amen. And I, I just learned that I'm going to take advantage of uh, the, those that God sends into my life to help me by connecting up where God tells me to connect up. Praise the Lord. You understand there's balance to this, but yet we don't want to leave this part out. And so when God anoints a man to stand in the ministry, he didn't anoint that man to bless that man. He anointed him with somebody else in mind. And so with that in mind, uh, the anointing within a man is to bless that man individually, but the anointing upon a man is the for the purpose of blessing others. That's why uh, you see, and, and, and here's something that maybe, I don't know, some, some Christians maybe get confused about, but you see sometimes, I'm thinking right now in, about the great healing revival that came to America from 1947 to 1958. It restored the message of divine healing to the body of Christ. It was spearheaded by men like Oral Roberts, uh, uh, Jack Coe, uh, William Branham. I don't, anybody ever studied church history? And these men were raised up in a time of the church, church history that uh, healing had been forgotten about. And God restored that message and that ministry to the body of Christ. Now, some people got in on it and others didn't. You understand? But, but yet, on the other hand, it was available and still is available. It's, it's, a, it's something that God restored to the body of Christ. But if you study some of those men's stories, not all of them, but some of those men's stories, <clears throat> they had tremendous miracles. I mean, the deaf hear, blind eyes open, the dead raised. I'm thinking of one. We were just out camp meeting with Pastor Nancy this past week. Richard Roberts was there. And he talked about uh, the, the things his dad saw. Kenneth Copeland was there. He talked about working with uh, Oral Roberts and walking up to a woman that was just almost dead. And, and Brother Roberts said to Brother Copeland, uh, now you're going you're gonna, to uh, minister to this one. And Brother Copeland started using the name of Jesus. And all Roberts behind him had a roar come out of him. You foul spirit, you come out of her. And that woman, she, she uh, right out of her mouth, <coughs> coughed it out uh, and it landed on the floor. Something looked like a, a jellyfish. She's completely healed the cancer. Just, the cancer came out of her body. She's completely healed. Woo, glory. <laughs> that's what I, now that, that's what I call church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, that's the, uh, the power of God through a minister. Can you see that? that? That power coming through someone ministering to that person. But the thing that, that, that if you study that time, the, um, they call it the healing revival. Uh, if you study that time, some of those men had some of the most powerful miracles and signs and wonders. And yet they themselves got sick and died of a sickness or disease. 
Somebody said, well, that anointing shouldn't, wouldn't that anointing work for them? God didn't anoint them to minister with that healing power to minister to them. He anointed them to minister to others. That's right. That's right. Y'all following me? See, now you can understand some things. But that didn't mean healing didn't belong to them. Because there's more than one way to receive that anointing. You can receive that anointing through the Word of God. Because no word of God is void of power or impossible of fulfillment. And then and, and the Bible talks about in Hebrews 4, verse number 11 and 12 down and through. Through there, the word is sharp and quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Quick means alive and powerful means full of power. I, wherever you can find the anointing, learn to mix your faith with it. The anointing's in you. The anointing's in the Word. It's on the Word. The anointing is upon you. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the anointing can be upon and is upon ministers to minister. Praise God. Wherever you find God, wherever you find the anointing, learn to mix your faith with it. Praise the Lord. And learn to recognize the different ways God moves. Are you still with me this morning? But I wanted you to, I just wanted to make that one point. Sometimes people say, well, I don't understand. You know, that particular minister, he was used of God in all these ways. People were healed, yet he himself died prematurely. That anointing wasn't on him to minister to him. It was on him to minister to other people. But see, everybody can receive by faith and partake of the anointing in the Word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we can look at many scriptures that shows the anointing is on the Word. So with that in mind, are you still glad you came this morning? Uh, many of these things that God provides for us can be received directly from God or, uh, by, I should say, by believing the Word. Or we, it can be received through the anointing on a ministry that is anointed to minister in certain ways. Amen. You can receive in different ways. It, aren't you glad God is more than a one-trick pony? I don't say that irreverently. You know what I mean by that? You know what I mean by that term? In other words, he can do things all different ways. And he does do things all different ways. And I'm ready to hook up with him however he wants to move. And I found this. The more ways that we learn to flow with God, the more people will get help. Because God wants to move in all these different ways. Now, um, go over to Matthew 10, verse number 41. We've got to keep moving on here. Matthew 10, 41 There's a a statement Jesus made. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall have a prophet's reward. Now, Jesus is only mentioning one of the fivefold ministry offices here. This statement would be true about any of the fivefold ministry offices. You receive a pastor. You receive an evangelist. You receive a teacher. You receive an apostle. In that ministry, you'll have the reward of receiving that ministry. Now, the question is, what is the reward? Well, the reward is the equipment that that particular ministry is anointed with to enable them to stand in their office will go to work for you. That's the reward. Amen. At least to a degree, that's part of what that means. And so, um, generally speaking, we saw in Ephesians 5 that, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 4, that these ministry offices, fivefold ministry offices said in the church, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all grow up, mature, remember that? 
statement there in Ephesians 4. That's generally what all these five-fold ministry offices are for. They're anointed to help grow the church, help mature the body of Christ. Um, all these five-fold ministry offices, by the way, are teaching and, pre- t- teaching and or preaching ministries. Not all, the, not all the body of Christ has a teaching or a pe- preaching ministry. Now, I should say before we go any further that um, any believer can teach people what they know. Amen? And should be teaching believers, uh, uh, others, what they know. Maybe young believers or something like that. Remember, remember for example, uh, Jesus said whenever he, he uh, the, uh, the Great Commission in Mark's account, he said, these signs, go into all the world and preach the gospel, but these signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't say the apostle or the prophet or the teacher. He said, them that believe. Amen? So we should all be helping people, teaching people, uh, and, and uh, there should be signs. For, we should all be laying our hands on the sick. Right. You understand? These signs should follow all of us. Yes. You understand what I'm talking about? The, these things are not just for the five-fold ministry offices, but my point is there are people that God has specifically called, and that's, that's what they're doing. That's, in other words, they don't have a, a side job. They're just full-time ministry. Does that make any sense? In other words, they're, they're going to be doing more of the teaching and preaching in church services, in evangelistic services, so forth. But that doesn't mean all of us can't go out and teach what we know. That's right. Amen. And besides that, the Bible says all of us as believers over there in 2 Corinthians 5, it says we all have the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? We should all be getting people reconciled back to God, getting people saved. Praise the Lord. Am I making any sense this morning? So I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just emphasizing something God wants me to emphasize here. Everybody say, I'm, I understand what God's saying. Now, when it comes to these five-fold ministry offices, um, we, we have the anointing by measure. First, uh, the, the John 3.34 talks about Jesus was anointed with the Spirit without measure. That means he was an apostle, he was a prophet, he was an evangelist, he was a pastor, he was a teacher. He had all the five-fold ministry offices, and he had the Holy Ghost without measure, everything that the Holy Ghost does. Well, if he's anointed without measure, that implies that all of us are anointed by measure. Does that make any sense? I don't have all the Holy Ghost. I'm not all five-fold ministry offices. Amen. Anybody that stands up and say, no, I'm all five-fold ministry offices. You don't need to listen to anybody else. You better run from them because they're nothing but full of pride. No man today has it all. That's why the Bible says you can't say, and I can't say to other members of the body of Christ, I have no need of you. I do have need of you. You have need of me. We need each other because none of us have it all. But, boy, if we'll stick together, we'll have it all because we'll have what's on each other, and all that each other has will bless our lives. Praise the Lord. That's why we need the body of Christ. Am I making any sense this morning? So I I, I didn't ask God to anoint me uh, or give me what I have from the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 18, He set us in the body as it pleased Him. He didn't ask if it pleased me before he called me and before he anointed me. In fact, it didn't please me. But he didn't ask me if it pleased me. He called me anyhow. And I had to surrender to it. 
I had other plans in life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But I surrendered to it. And boy, I'm telling you, I'm glad I did. Praise the Lord. So he said, uh, uh, he sets us in the body, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, in the body as it pleased him. He didn't say as it pleased mama. He didn't say as it pleased our wife or our husband. He sets us in the body as it pleased him. Praise the Lord. So, um, but, but we, we need to recognize what pleases God. If, if something pleases God, it ought to please us. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that. Now, go over here to uh, the book of Romans. Let's look at something in the book of Romans where Paul mentions something very interesting here. In the book of Romans, the 11th chapter and the 13th verse. 11th chapter of Romans, the 13th verse. I'm, I'm hurrying here because I've got, I got to get to something. Y'all with me? Yes, Romans eleven thirteen. 13. I speak unto you Gentiles... Inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Now, Paul was not sent to the Jews. I don't know if you've ever studied Paul's writings and all that God said to him, and especially whenever he was struck down on the road to Damascus, and he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, go into the city and be told you what you'll do. And, And so he was in there praying, and after three days, I believe it was, a disciple named Ananias came in and said, Brother Saul, Brother Paul, his name was Saul, changed to Paul. Uh, the Lord Jesus that appeared to you on the way has sent me that I might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So right there he's filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's why later he said, I speak in tongues more than you all because he's baptized in the Holy Ghost right there. Yeah. Spoke with tongues. Then he said, uh, and he wants me to tell, Ananias to Paul, he wants me to tell you that you're sent to the, uh, the, the Gentiles. That's, that's a paraphrase. You can read it for yourself. You'll stand before kings and you're sent to the Gentiles. Now Peter was mainly sent to the Jews. But Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Now, why does that matter? Because none of us has it all. All of us have a place in the body of Christ. And we should just stay in our lane. And so when he says here, I'm the apostle of the Gentiles, he said, I magnify my office. I magnify. Amplified says in the Amplified Classic, I lay great stress on my ministry and magnify my office. I lay great stress on my ministry. Now, he told people how God had anointed him. Did you see that? I magnify my office. You know, there's a difference between magnifying the office and magnifying the man. That, that we're not, when we magnify the office, we're not magnifying a person. We're magnifying the anointing, the equipment, amen, and, uh, and telling people about it. And so uh, he magnified the ministry, the anointing, and then he magnified what that anointing would do for people if they would receive it. Am I making any sense? And uh, Paul stressed the fact that Jesus had uh, put him into their lives and given them as a ministry gift to them for their good. Can you understand that? And so I've learned this, that uh, it's scriptural to do this. Jesus did this. I don't know if you remember in Luke 4, he said, he stood up and said, the Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. And he listed what that anointing on him would do, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, so forth and so on. And he listed it out. He said, this is how God has anointed me. This is how God has equipped me. What was he doing? He's magnifying the office. Now, why is that important? Go over to Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10. Look Look at verse number 40. 
Matthew chapter 10, verse number 40. We're laying a scriptural foundation for some things here. And uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse number 40 gives us some insight as to why this is important. We'll start in verse number 40 and we'll go down through verse number 42. Uh, uh, excuse me, that's not the right passage. I meant to go to, uh, let's see where, where was I? I, I I'm, I'm looking for it. I don't see it right here in front of me. Uh, 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 I, I, somehow or another, I wrote down the wrong reference. But there was a, there was a time Jesus went across uh, the, the Sea of, uh, I believe it was Tiberias, and when he got to the other side, the Bible said, when they had knowledge of him, they sent into that country round all about. Maybe somebody can help find this for me. They sent into that country round all about, and they brought all that were sick and all that were diseased and so forth and laid them at his feet, and his money is touched, even the hem of his garment. They were completely healed. I wrote down the wrong reference there. But um, that knowledge, I want you to notice how that says that. They had knowledge of him. Look that phrase up, had knowledge of him. And I'll get the right reference here, Brother Andre. That's the second mistake I've made this year. It's only January. What is this, January 14th, something like that? (laughs) Well, I'll get there. When they had knowledge of him. So why, why? What does that mean when they had knowledge of him? What does that mean? It means something was, they were informed of something about Jesus. Do you understand what I'm talking about? What was it they were informed of him about? What was it they were informed of him about? Can't you find it? Matthew 14, 35. Thank you, sir. When they had knowledge of him. Amen. Amen. What was it they had knowledge of? Somebody said, well, they had knowledge that he was the Messiah. Well, think about it. Notice what it says. When they had knowledge of him, they sent people throughout uh, everywhere. Let me, let me, you got it in in your Bible programs right there? Is that in in King James? All right. Look, Look at verse number 14. It says, well, chapter what? 34, they had gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Mm-hmm. Notice that. When they had knowledge of him, they did what they did. So what they did revealed what knowledge they had. What did they do? They, they sought to touch the hem of his garment. Now, why? Because if you study very carefully, remember the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. When she touched, she said, she, she had, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his garment, even the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself, no, no, that virtue, that's the Greek word for power in the New Testament, had gone out of him. He said, who touched me? So what knowledge did she have that made her go touch him? Same knowledge these people had in, in Matthew 14 that made them touch him. They had knowledge that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and had anointed him. Jesus, now, now, uh, now I'll say something here, and sometimes people maybe don't quite see it, but uh, Jesus in Luke 4 stood up and he preached his first sermon, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me. Yeah. That was his first sermon. But it wasn't the only time he preached that. Yeah. 
He preached that wherever he went. That's the first sermon he preached wherever he went. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Somebody said, now, how can you prove that? Because Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. But if you go back just 36, 37, you'll find in Acts 10, 36, 37, 38, it says that that message was published throughout all Judea and Galilee. How was it published? Jesus told it everywhere he went. Jesus told the anointing on him everywhere he went. So whenever they had knowledge of him, meant they knew about this anointing. How did they know about it? They know about now. They might have heard about it from somebody else. They might have heard about the miracles. We know that. But Jesus preached that wherever he went. Wherever he went, he told them, "The Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me." Some believed it. Some didn't. Those that believed received. Those that didn't did without. Am I making any sense this morning? So what was he doing? He was magnifying his office. He was drawing attention to the anointing, not himself as a person. Of course, there's nothing wrong with drawing attention to Jesus. He's, he, we worship him. But a man's not supposed to be drawing attention to himself, but he is to magnify the anointing. Am I making any sense? Paul said, I lay great stress on my ministry. And I found this out. If you don't, nobody else will. If you don't honor it, nobody else will. And so that's what Jesus was doing wherever he went. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, know no man after the flesh. So we're not to know each other after the flesh. I'm to know the gifts of God in you. You're to know the gifts of God in me. We're to know who God, who, who we are in Christ. Now, all, all of us are the righteousness of God. We're seated in heavenly places. All of us are followed by. There's some things that are universal for anybody in the body of Christ that each person has. But there's some things that are unique just to that person. Yes. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's Miss Maya. She stood up this morning and sang and the anointing came down. Amen. Well, I don't know if you could, I guess God could bless and anoint me to sing, but that's not my, where I'm supposed to fit. You know what I'm talking about? We thank God for what people have on their lives. And we just need to, all of us just stay put where we belong. Now, there's more in her life than just that. I don't mean that. But my point is that, that all of us have something to supply the body of Christ. Now, the Bible said every joint supply us. Hallelujah. You're a joint. <laughs> and you should supply something other than joint pain. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you. I'm glad I came to church this morning. But so there's something on your life. There's something on fivefold ministries' lives. Praise the Lord. Now, if you receive these fivefold ministries, now we, we, we receive all each other because if you read Matthew 10, 40 through 42, he didn't just say, He that received a prophet, the name of the prophet, have a prophet. He said, He that receives a righteous man. There's something on everybody in the body of Christ. But he, but he also brought this one category and, and, and emphasized a category by itself, those fivefold ministry offices. And that's what I'm talking about. Amen. There's a reward in connecting right with others in the body of Christ. Each ministry has a reward. It's a blessing on them. There's an anointing on them for something specific in our lives. Praise the Lord. Everybody has uh, equipment from God. And we, they should magnify that. I know that's a foreign concept to some people. They think, well, I don't want to draw attention to myself. You're not. You're drawing attention to how God uses you. Praise the Lord. And so in, I want to do some things here that will help magnify the office of the pastor. Because a lot of Christians don't really understand it that well. Praise God. And so uh, I think it's important. There's the apostle. There's the prophet. There's the evangelist. There's the pastor. There's the teacher. 
and there's different giftings in each one of them. And I'll tell you, to be honest with you, if, if, and we're going to have to do some teaching and preaching on the apostle and prophet as well because there's so much excess and fanaticism in the body of Christ along that line. I mean, you want to find some squirrely things, you just start watching YouTube people who call themselves prophets. And I'm telling you what, that's, a, that's about as squirrely as a $13 bill right there. Yes. <laughs> but yet, uh, and we'll get to that maybe. But, but under the new covenant, not only does God live on the inside of us. Yeah. And see, we need to emphasize that because we don't want to get out of balance about it. Right. Uh, but the, also, God will visit us from the outside by anointing somebody to help us. Praise the Lord. Can you see the balance that we need to keep there? And so uh, there's a reward for receiving a particular one in a particular office. Now, um, uh, when, we, uh, when we see Jesus there... Uh, giving those people knowledge, that was for the purpose of that particular anointing flowing. Why would Jesus say they, that, that the Spirit of the Lord's on me? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing yes, by the right. Word of God. Yes. Amen? You can't have faith for something you don't have knowledge of. But if you understand what, the, like, let's take the pastor now because we got a few minutes. We're wrapping up here, probably not much longer. But, but let's just take the pastor's office, which is, the, I all, laid all this foundation to get to the pastor's office. If you have knowledge of the equipment on the pastoral office and mix your faith with it, there'll be some tremendous things that will happen in the believer's life. Not because Pastor Jay thinks so, but because the Bible said yes. so. Yes, right. Amen. Hallelujah. So what is it in the pastor's office? Let's go over to Matthew chapter number 9. What, now, what is the office equipped with? What will the, that anointing do in the life of a believer? I'm not talking about weird stuff. I'm talking about what the Bible says. What is the reward for receiving that office? Look at Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus saw the multitude, if you look at the context, you go back a few verses, he went throughout all the cities and villages, teaches in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing everywhere he went. And great multitudes followed him, and there were many signs and wonders. But he said, when he saw them, he said, he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they were fainted and were scattered abroad. Now notice, as a sheep having no shepherd. Now the same Greek word translated shepherd in the New Testament is translated pastor. In fact, more, it's more often translated shepherd. Um, and so that's what a pastor is. He's one that's given the care over a flock, not to control their lives, not to be weird. How many of you know? You've got the Holy Ghost in your own life, your personal life, to make your personal decisions. But I'm talking about to, to, uh, to bring forth the, the, uh, the, the truths of God's Word to the people of God in order to feed the flock. You remember over there in Acts chapter number uh, 20, I believe it is, uh, Paul met, he had a minister's meeting. He called the pastors together and he said, feed the flock of God over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Somebody's anointed to feed you the Word of God. Absolutely. Now, you can read your Bible and should and get revelation on your own and should. Yeah. God, the Holy Ghost lives in you. He'll teach you the Word yourself. He will do that and you should be doing that. But, but I don't know about you. I've found this in my life. I've studied the Bible before. I got connected up with, with the Hagen ministry where I was supposed to get connected up. I was reading the Bible. I wasn't getting near as much out of it as whenever I connected up. And I'm like, yeah, well, that is right there. I mean, I didn't see that. Yeah. Anybody else like me? And so there was other people in the body of Christ that God said connect. See, I was hungry for God. I wanted to know God. 
And because of that hunger, because I wanted to know God, God said, all right, let me connect you with somebody that knows God more than you do. And that blesses my life still, still, still to this day. None of us can say to the body of Christ, I don't have need of anybody in the body of Christ. There's nobody in the body of Christ that's the Lone Ranger. You know, we got a lot of Lone Rangers in the body. No, no, we're the, we're the body of Christ. We're united together. We're to be gathering together. Amen. There's, those that are Lone Rangers usually have a one, at least one Tonto with them. You know what I'm talking about? They're just, they're just out there all on their own. I never have been, I never have wanted to be out there all on my own. Amen. I got quiet on that. But, but we are the body of Christ. We're not supposed to be, you ever notice we're sheep. We're called sheep in the body of Christ. We're not called, uh, you know, something that roams around by itself, some other animal. See, some animals roam around by themselves. But sheep, you never see a sheep by itself unless somebody took it out of the pen and put it somebody by itself. But they're always together. They run around as a flock. They're flock animals. Amen. And that's the way the body of Christ is supposed to be. We're to be gathering together as a flock. And Paul said that to the church, to the ministers there in, in, in Acts chapter 20, feed the flock of God over which, notice, over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Not to uh, control anybody's life. I don't particularly like that kind of thing. I, 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 there's a real distaste in my mouth for that kind of thing. We, that's not the plan of God. But to feed the flock of God and oversee the flock of God means to care over and watch over their souls. You know, you know you can, uh, a pastor can be equipped of the Holy Ghost to see what a person needs and to minister along that line and give them their answer. Praise the Lord. And so uh, he said here in Matthew 9, 36, he saw the multitude. They were moved with, and he was moved with compassion on them. They fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. That's what belongs to people, to sheep who have no shepherd. Fainting and scattered. There's an anointing on the pastor's office to keep you from fainting. That means giving out, giving up, giving up in faith. And... And also he mentions being scattered. Yes. Now, if you look the word scattered up, it doesn't mean just wandering off, you know, wandering off. Sheep, I've pastored for a long time. Sheep do that. They wander off. They get distracted by other things, shiny things over here, shiny things over there. They do that, but that's not what this word means. Scattered here, literally, if you look it up, means to be chased by a predator. They faint and are chased by a predator. Their, their lives are scattered because of the one who goes about to devour. Yes. Remember the Bible said Satan as a roaring lion goes about seeking yeah. whom he may devour. Yeah. So that's what he's talking about here. He said without a shepherd, this is what belongs to sheep. They faint. In other words, they'll give out spiritually. They'll quit. They'll quit in faith. And they'll be scattered. In other words, the enemy will chase their lives around. And that's why some people, their, their finances are scattered, their families are scattered, their brains are scattered, a lot of things are scattered, their minds are not being renewed with the Word of God. And so Satan is able to scatter them, scatter different areas of their life. Now, um, so are, are you enjoying this as much as I'm enjoying this? I'm laying a foundation. Oh, don't, don't miss the next time I'm see, I, I get to see you. So Mark chapter 6, Jesus said to the people, remember this is when the feeding of the, I think the 5,000, Mark 6, 39, and the way he fed the 5,000 is very, very interesting. He had them, he told the disciples, have them sit down in companies, in companies. Everybody say that word, companies. 
And he, he said, sit them down in groups, and then uh, uh, we're going to distribute this food. He's talking about natural food there. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? What was it? Two, two uh, fish and five loaves or something? Yes. Uh, and he says they're going to distribute this food, but have them sit down in companies. Yep. And so that's, that's, how many of you know, Jesus didn't just do that because, well, this is a good idea. He's inspired by the Spirit. Yep. And what's he doing? He is actually telling us that this is the way also I'm going to distribute spiritual food to my people whenever I'm gone. This is a type of how Jesus today distributes spiritual food, just like he distributed natural food here. He distributes spiritual food by setting believers in companies. Yes. And this word is used throughout the New Testament, company. Yes, sir. Acts 4, chapter number 23 through 24, whenever Peter and John were beaten, commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus, they, the Bible said, being let go, they went to their own. Company. They had their own company. Everybody say their own company. That's talking about a local church. They went to where God had planted them. That doesn't mean there wasn't others. In fact, the fact that he said they went to their own implied there were others. Praise God for others. But every one of us are to have our own. Some place where we're planted, because he sets us in the body as it pleased him. Some place where God has planted us where there's spiritual food there for us, and God, uh, that we're, uh, that the pastor is anointed to speak in, in, in ways that we can get it, and we're anointed to hear it from, from that particular minister. Yes. Yes. Am I making any sense? Yes. And so uh, this, is, this is typology here, Mark 6, 39. They sat down in companies. This is the way Jesus distributes spiritual food today. Now, you understand that doesn't mean that you can't go to your Bible and read your Bible. In fact, you should be very much so. But my point is that, that there's things that all of us won't see in the Word of God until we go sit, sit where we belong, sit where God's called us to sit under. So um, this, this, your own company, doesn't mean there aren't others. It doesn't mean there aren't other good ones, right? But it just simply means that there's one God has in mind for you. That's, that's something that people in the body of Christ needs to get, that there's one God has in mind with, for us. And we should assemble there and unite there in one accord with that company, believe in God together for what God has for that particular local church. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in Peter and John's case here in Acts 4 where it says they went to their own company, in Peter and John's case, they had been persecuted and commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And they had come to the end of their own faith. And so they said, we know where to go, where we can get charged up and tap into the faith of others. Amen. And and their faith will encourage us. Praise God. And so they went, because they came to the end of their own faith, they had been beaten and, and, and they needed some encouragement. They needed somebody to join their faith with them. They went to a place that they were united in faith together with them, that could pray with them, believe God with them. And if you read the whole account, when they, by the time they got done praying, the power fell. And Peter and John got up and said, where's the devil? Let's get at him again. <laughs> That's what happens in your own company. Praise the Lord. Extra, extra, read all about it. See, believers have the Holy Ghost in them. They, they might pray in tongues, have the Holy Ghost upon them. But there's something about getting with others. 
that w- when you company with others in the body of Christ, find you, what happens is what's on them gets on you. I think in the Old Testament about uh, uh, King Saul, he was, uh, he called, God called him to be king. Of course, he fell and so forth, but I'm talking about the beginning. And as he was called to be king, <laughs> the Bible said that he was really quite ill-equipped for it. He really wasn't equipped for what he was called to do. And so God said, this is what I want you to do. There's going to be a company of prophets coming down off that mountain over there. They're going to be banging their tambourine and singing songs <laughs> in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I want you to join up with them. Yeah. And the Bible says that when Paul, his name was Saul, excuse me, Saul joined up with them, it said the same spirit that was on them, God on him, wow. and he was turned into another man. That's right. Amen. Because of the people he companied with, he was turned into somebody else. Something that was on them got on him. Same thing happened to David and his mighty men. All that were distressed, discouraged, and in debt came to David. Now there's a motley crew. (laughs) Distressed, discouraged, and in debt. Those are the outcasts. Those were the losers in society. They didn't have anything going for them. But Paul, I mean, not Paul, David, he took those men and he, because the Bible says he had the spirit of faith. In fact, that's what 2 Corinthians 4, 13 is referring to. And said, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. David was the one that had written. That's right. Amen. We have that spirit of faith. David had that spirit of faith. And so he, by accompanying with David, he imparted into them a spirit of faith. Before you know it, they turned, those depressed, discouraged, and in-debt men turned out to be the greatest fighting force Israel had ever seen. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because they got connected right. Yes. And what was on David got on them. Yes. Woo, glory be to God. I started hanging around certain groups and certain people in the body of Christ and found out what's on them got on me. Praise God. And that's the extra, extra read all about it. Did you get anything out of the Word this morning? You see, you and I, sometimes unconsciously, go up or down to the level of those we associate with and fellowship with. Amen. You hang around an atmosphere of unbelief, you're going to have trouble believing God for things. Jesus in his own hometown could there do no mighty work. Amen. Jesus, Mark 6, talks about, could there do no mighty work? But he went to other towns and did, no, and did mighty works. And he marveled because of their unbelief in his own hometown. Why couldn't he do mighty works in his own hometown? Because of their unbelief. There were people that didn't receive that day because of where they lived. They lived in a town full of unbelief about Jesus. Are you still with me? And there are people today that don't receive from God because they hang around people of unbelief. Y'all understand? Evil communications corrupt good manners. That just means who you hang with is going to affect you. Amen. I'm leaving right after this. It matters. Faith is contagious. Fear is contagious. Spiritual things are contagious. It's like being in a smoky room. You get whatever's in the room just sort of just seeps into you. And you can walk out of there. You get in a room that's full of smoke, and you walk out of there, and it smells like you've been in a smoky room. You didn't smoke maybe, but you were in a smoky room. That's what it's like. It's contagious. These things can get on you. Praise the Lord for the word. So it matters. So we're going to get into more of what's on the pastor's office. We're out of time this morning, but we're going to get into that and, and just uh, and break it down real easy because there's, there's particular things the Bible says that those who have a pastor, it's a particular benefit that they get. Amen. So anybody interested in knowing that? We want to receive that. If God has something for us, we want to receive it. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Praise God. 
I'll just, I'll just finish up while you're standing. I'll, I'll finish up Ma- Matthew there. He said, uh, that, talking about the, uh, the, you know, Jesus saw the people scattered, fainting and scattered as sheep without a shepherd. The enemy is the one that was scattering them, scattering their lives, scattering their health, scattering all sorts of things. Rather than gathering up the blessings of God, the blessings of God are running away. And so uh, how does the anointing on the pastor's office help the people of God gather up the blessings of God rather than those blessings being chased away? Well, it's very clear when you, whenever you uh, look at 1 Peter chapter number 5 where it says, Satan as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Then he said, whom resist steadfast in, in your faith. Remember that? So you put those two things together and something Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 3.10 where he said, I long to see your face that I might perfect what's lacking in your faith. You put all that together, the pastor is anointed to see the people's face, to see what they need, feed them the word of God that gives them the faith to say, no, you don't, devil, get out of here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Old Testament says, I'll give you pastors after my heart which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's what the main, main ministry of a pastor is, is feed people and feed their faith to where their faith grows robust. And when the enemy comes, they have the faith to say, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off my life. Amen. Glory. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, just keep contending for this here at, 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 at uh, Lee Summit. We're believing God, you to grow strong and robust in faith to where things that have been scattering you, chasing you, and and messing with your life, those days are over. Hallelujah. You got a partner in faith. (laughs) You got somebody that's going to say, we're joining with you, and we're not going to let the devil have you. Amen. We're not going to let him have your health, have anything that belongs to you, because he's a defeated foe. Isn't the body... I don't know who wouldn't want that. I know you do. But I'm just saying, people in the body of Christ, they don't understand what's available to them sometimes. And they kind of say, well, no, thank you. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't need that. Oh, we all need that. I said, we all need people to encourage us and build us up and say, because, uh, you know, and the, how many of you know there's a difference between uh, actually being present and just watching YouTube or something like that? Amen. There's a difference. I mean, it's just something about being present. There's an anointing that you catch more of. Praise the Lord. Well, how many of you want to hear more about all this? Because we want, to, we want to be in line with God's Word. Father, we're so grateful for your Word this morning. It's a light to our feet. It's a lamp to our path. We receive the Word. We thank you for the privilege. And Father, we, we, we see the Word this morning. We see your plan. You have a plan for believers. And that is a local church. That is a pastor. That is being a part of an assembly of those who are worshiping together, uh, 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 walking in faith together, agreeing together, praying for one another. And Father God, reaching our world for Jesus, we see your plan and we thank you for the plan. We, uh, We conduct our lives according to that plan. We thank you, Father. It brings us higher. And it it enables us to tap into the supply of others in the body of Christ. Father, we're interested. We're interested in this. We're not just interested in stripped-down versions of Christianity, but the full, full potential of what you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name.
If you agree with that in your heart, shout amen, amen, amen. When you go to buy a car, you go, um, you know, you, you can buy the stripped down version or you can get the, you know, the power seats, you can get the electric this and that and heated steering wheel and all of that, right? Well, it's as if some Christians, they, they want the stripped down version of Christianity. That's just the new birth. Just going, just going to make it into heaven, but nothing else. I don't want the stripped-down version of Christianity. I want everything God has for me. You ever had a car that didn't have anything, then you got one that had all the extras and bells and whistles, and you're like, "Woo, this is better. <laughs> this is better. <laughs> right? Well, guess what? Let's do the extra extra and say, this is better. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.